Thank you, thank you. Well, welcome. You may be seated. Welcome to West Houston Christian Center. Um, you know, your, your, your pastors and your staff, we, uh, we get together on a regular basis and we are praying and we are just seeking God. Do you like the sanctuary being back the way that it should be? Amen. All right. Now look around. We need to fill these seats up. Amen. And uh, we need to bring it. Let, let me just go ahead and just say this to the camera and to those that are watching at home. It is safe to come back to church. Amen. It is okay to come back to church. And if you are dealing with, if you don't feel comfortable or safe, I will bubble wrap you and put you in a seat in the very back. And I will do anything in my power to make sure that you feel safe and comfortable. But I feel very strongly in my heart that you need to hear from us. It's okay to come back to church. Amen? Amen. We've got a seat for you. We are going to be continuing in the month of June uh, with this current schedule. And uh, we are praying, we're endeavoring, we're looking to see what we can bring back next and how we can do it. Uh, but right now we're going to continue with our Sunday mornings at 1030. We are having corporate prayer at 9 o'clock on Sunday mornings. If you would like to be a part of just coming in and praying over the services, we're not able to offer child care at this moment because we are believing God that all of our workers feel safe and comfortable to come back and to begin to work with kids and all that goes along with it. So we're going to continue for the month of June uh, with Tuesday night online with our Sunday mornings at 1030. Amen. And uh, we will just let you know as things are changing, um, we're trying to be good at uh, communicating. So do you feel adequately communicated from us at West Houston Christian Center? Amen. Do you know what's going on? If you would like for us to have your email and, and you can put that in the offering when you leave, just write it out and we'll add you to our email list. Uh, we are live streaming now, so everything we're doing is going live on Sunday mornings and Tuesday nights when we restream it. And uh, so we're just endeavoring to be really good at communicating what's going on here at the church and uh, to make you a part of that. Amen. I do want you to know that before we can't open up departments, we have to have those that are willing to work in those departments to receive those that are coming. Amen. So I want you to start praying and asking God, where do I serve at West Houston Christian Center? Amen. You know, Jesus didn't have an online option. They did not have an online option. Everything they did was live up close and personal. And I believe that's the way that it was supposed to be. So if you feel like you were ready to start serving or you're ready to start trending back in that direction, talk to Pastor Michelle, talk to myself, and we'll get you plugged in. Look, I know there are kids in here, and I love it. We love Amen. you. We're so Make glad you're noise, here. Amen. Make noise, move. You're good. All the kids that are in here right now, you are good to go. Amen. And the minute you get a little agitated about it, you need to serve in the children's department. Because <laughs> they are beautiful to the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. We do want to welcome our online guests and just Amen. tell you we're so glad you're here as well. God bless you. And we do have a website where you can look up our address if you want to come next time, which is westhoustonchristian.com. It's there for your convenience and there for you to add your email if you'd like more information from us, as well as all of you. And I would like to now step down and introduce my husband as the speaker today because he is our pastor. Amen. Welcome, Pastor. Would you stand for pastor today? Uh, stand right. for Pastor Jack C. Pigeon. God bless you. Thank you. Love you. Amen. 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 Let's stay, stand, stay standing. Amen. I got my first yell right there. Amen. I love it. I love it. Let's just go before the Lord. Father, we thank you for uh, our time together right now. Lord, as we enter into a time of the word, Father, I plead the blood of Jesus, Lord, over this congregation. I thank you, Lord, uh, for revelation. I thank you for manifestation. Lord, I thank you for the presence of God in this place. Father, I pray over every person, over every need, over every issue and every situation. And Lord, those that have come and they're in search of answers, I thank you, Lord, that we've got the answer to the question today, Lord, through the word of God. We plead the blood of Jesus over us. Uh, we declare sickness and illness out of our midst in Jesus' name. Amen. There is no fear here. There is no sickness, no illness, and no disease in this place in the name of Jesus. We are corona-free, Bud Light-free, Schlitz-free, whatever-free. We are free. Amen. We are free. We are free. There's no <coughs> disease in this place. No one ever came to church and got worse. 
because it was God's fault. Amen? No one ever left church with a terminal illness. He got delivered and healed from terminal illnesses, but you didn't leave here with it. Amen? So, Father, we thank you for <coughs> this time <coughs> in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. You may be seated. <coughs> I mean, I was doing fine. Just sitting over there, didn't cough. And then all of a sudden, one mustache hair started attacking me on this side of my face. When I smile, it's like, oh, what is that? You didn't need to know that, but there you go. Thank you, Lord. Well, is there anything in the world that we need to talk about right now? Huh? Oh, my goodness. We've gone from pandemics to riots to murder hornets to hurricanes I mean, what's going on in the world today? Amen? And so uh, I, I feel led in my heart to just continue talking about uh, the love of God. Amen? And what is our place in this world? You know, God put us in this world at this age, at this time, for a reason. Amen? Every generation, uh, God puts a, a remnant. He puts a people, amen, that will stand up for the Word of God and the things of God. We are not subject to this world. Amen. We're not subject to what's going on in this world. We live here, but we're not from here. Amen. We're from above. And uh, we have a heavenly uh, citizenship. And uh, I think the more we start acting like we're from heaven, the quicker things will change in the earth. Amen. The more that I become and purpose to be an agent of change. Amen. Not, not an agent of change uh, for culture, but an agent of change for the gospel's sake, then I will begin to see transformation in my world today. Amen? Everywhere that Paul went, he was an agent for change. There was either a revival or there was a riot. Everywhere that Paul went. Amen? Either, the, either miracles and, and wonderful things broke out, or... Revival. Amen. First altar call. Amen. Came down front. It's excited to be here. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. But what I want to talk about today, and uh, I didn't coin this phrase, but it just simply says, behave like a Christian. Amen. Say, I'm going to behave like a Christian. What am I supposed to do right now in all the world with all the change, with all the chaos? What am I supposed to do? I'm supposed to act like a Christian. Amen? We don't change because our situations change. I don't change the way that I act. I don't change the way that I think because of whatever's happening in the world today. We're going to purpose in our hearts that we are going to behave like a Christian. Amen? And so we cannot behave like a Christian without our first, foremost, the first thing that comes into our hearts, the first thing that came into our life, when Jesus came into our life, love came into our life. Amen? For the very first time, I've got a good friend, his name is Frank Crawl, and Frank is uh, came to Bible school when my wife and I were there, and Frank, um, his parents, they lived in Canada, and Frank came home from school one day, and he noticed that there was a fire and then when he got closer, he noticed that the fire was coming out of his house and out of his home. And as he rushed home, he was met by a policeman and I believe a fireman. And they had informed him that his father had killed his mother and had set the house on fire to cover it up. Now you talk about coming home from school. Amen. In one day, Frank lost both parents. Mother died, father in prison. Amen. Frank went and lived on the streets and worked on the streets and Frank lived the life uh, of the streets. Amen. And Frank uh, basically just, he finished high school on his own. He would stay with different people uh, during the week and he would, he, he lived like a street person. He said, I had my clothes hidden all over places where I would, so I could find them on the streets because he didn't have a place to stay. But Frank got saved. Amen. And what I remember is that when Frank got saved, he made this statement. He said, I saw the, the blueness in the sky for the very first time. 
I'd never noticed that the sky was blue. See, when love enters into your life, and I'm not talking about a love that's you treat me good and I'll treat you good. I'm talking about when the true love of God enters into the heart of any man or any woman, it will open your eyes for the very first time. You will begin to think things and see things and act in a way that you've never acted in your life before, and that can only take place through the love of God. Amen? Romans chapter 12, verse 9. Romans chapter 12, verse 9. Romans chapter 12, verse 9. Out of the Amplified, it says, Let love be sincere a real thing. Or it basically says, Let love be without hypocrisy. So what we have to decide is, and what we have to what the Bible is telling me is that love has to be the guiding principle in all of my Christian relationships. Amen? Love has to be the guiding principle. Why are we here this morning? Love needs to be my guiding principle as to why I'm here this morning. Because love, I desire to have fellowship with all of you this morning. Aren't you glad God didn't set it up where you just get saved, he gets you a Bible, and then you just sit at home and try and figure this thing out on your own? It doesn't work that way. God created his body and his church, and I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself, because this is the place where I learn love. I have to learn love. I will never learn love by myself. I will never be able to learn and walk in the God kind of love by myself. I've said this before. I was the world's greatest husband until I got married. I was the world's greatest father until I had kids. Read every book, went to the seminars, got the bumper stickers, the t-shirts, you know. I did it all until all of a sudden I was presented with someone in my house with an opposing view to what I thought. And then Bubba, the fight was on. And she's amazing. She's the most amazing woman in the world. She is lovable. She's kind. She's gentle. She's a great mom. She's a good friend. She's sincere. She prays for you every day. Sits in her bed sometimes in tears, weeping over you. Because she loves you so much and wants to see the good in your life come out. Amen? But even in a great relationship, there are still opportunities for opposition. Amen? We have two viewpoints, and they're not really even over bad things. How many of us know when you first got married, some of one of your first really big things that you decided or had to have a little disagreement about was, whose house are you going to spend that first Christmas at? Whose house are you going to spend that first Thanksgiving at? Well, well of course we're going to mind. I'm the man, right? I mean, isn't that how this works? No, 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 no. You begin to have discussions about the way that you feel, but you know what? The love in that marriage is my guiding principle when it comes to Michelle. Amen? If I will truly purpose in my heart to love her the way that God loves her or the way that God loves me, then when those little things... See, some of you guys are just sitting on your hands right now. You are... You're like, just don't look at me, Pastor Jack, because you're speaking to me right now. But see, I can't love Michelle the way that I want to love her. It won't work. I have to love her the way that God says she deserves to be loved. And God's love doesn't keep track of things done. You can't keep a scorebook in marriage. If you are, let me tell you the big no-no. Can I help you? And this is not talking about marriage today, but here we go. Don't ever try and teach your mate a lesson. Oh my gosh. Don't ever say, well, this will be a good teaching moment for you in the relationship. Because you will find yourself cold, alone, tired, beaten, and angry. You will be like Paul, been in prison with the, amen? There's a God kind of love, folks, and this is what the world is hungry for, and it's to see this God kind of love, a love that loves unconditionally. So, when it says in Romans chapter 12, verse 9, let love be without hypocrisy, 
Love is the guiding principle in every Christian relationship. Romans chapter 12, verse 10, and this is us for the body. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love. This is how we are supposed to act with believers. We are supposed to act with brotherly affection. That word brotherly affection is two Greek words. One is uh, phileo and the other is adelphos. Phileo Adelphos is where we get the word Philadelphia, the, the city of brotherly love. It's that Greek word. We are supposed to love each other with a brotherly, a fraternal type of a love. Amen? God created the church for us to practice our love with each other. Now, this is my last comment, but I'm going to put it in right here. We are to practice love in the church so that we are prepared to play love in the world. This is the practice field. If you can't love in this room, you will not be able to love outside of this room. If you can't love your brethren, then you're going to have a very, very hard time walking in the kind of love with the testimony that my mom just shared. Because we all feel it when we are out in public. Now, how many of us can recognize and understand that we are living in a different world than we were six months ago? People are acting differently. There is a lawlessness that has taken root in our nation. It's a lawlessness. It all happened in Houston when people started finding out that no one was going to work and they could drive any way that they wanted to on the freeways and on the roads. And that lawlessness has carried over. There's a lawlessness that's taking place through the midst of the protest and all the unrest in our nation right now. There's a lawlessness. It's not about race relationships in those areas. This wonderful, beautiful thing is getting hijacked by lawlessness. Now, I've said before, I do not feel qualified to get up and preach and teach about race relations in the United States of America. I'm a white man born in Houston, Texas. I will say this about being born in Houston. I think Houston is one of the most melting pot cities in the world. Uh, I was raised in Houston Independent School District. My classrooms were filled with every color, and I was raised with every color. And I was taught, see, respect for race and color was taught on the playground when I was a kid. Bring your weird attitudes and your weird thoughts out on that playground. And see just who is there to challenge you and what you think or what you believe. I was taught respect for all races and all colors when at a very, very young age, and I'm very thankful for that. I was not raised in a segregated community. I was not raised in a household that taught me that anybody was any lower than anybody else. And I'm very, very thankful for that. But that's not the norm for everybody. Michelle and I had the opportunity to go to Africa and to, and to do missions over there for three weeks. And, you know, even in Africa, I never felt any less of a person because I was surrounded by millions of people that were a different color than me. You know why? Because I was never raised or conditioned to believe that I was any less than anybody else. And that's where we have to make the change. This is where love has the ability to make the change that our nation needs. We have to change the way that we think. Now, we are going to be challenged with prejudices. And I think all the media does is try and challenge us every day with prejudice. It is trying to feed us a steady dose that white, black, Hispanic, yellow, pink, purple, or green, we cannot get along with each other. And that's a lie from the pit of hell. Amen. It is a lie from the pit of hell. It just is. I said it on TV on Tuesday night, and I meant it. There are no racists in heaven. You cannot be a racist and be in heaven. Amen? There's not a white section and a black section in heaven. Amen? There's just heaven. Come on. We're going to receive communion at the end of the service today, which I'm excited about. And you know what we're going to take it over? We're going to take it over this issue right here. And we're going to fix it. How do you change the world? Y'all want to change the world? Where are we going to change it? We're going to start right here today. We're going to start in our own hearts. 
and we're going to forgive and we're going to ask for forgiveness and we're going to get right with God because the minute we get right with God, we can get right with each other. We will begin to walk as a body in the love. And I'm not saying we're not already walking in certain levels of it. We are. I look across our congregation and I'm like, man, we got every continent, every nation on the face of the earth covered. And you know, when we sit in planning sessions, Mike and myself and Vincent and, and the team, when we have staff, we don't sit there and say, how can we target more Hispanic people to come to our church? How can we get more Asian people to come to our church? Not once have we ever had a congregation where we tried to figure out how to get more people from a specific race to come and be a part of West Houston. All we do is we figure out what does the body need to eat. We'll prepare a table, and if you're hungry for the Word of God, if you're hungry for the things of God, then it doesn't matter what color you are. It doesn't matter what race you are. It doesn't matter. Any of that doesn't matter. You're just going to come and eat, and when you eat... You're going to be blessed and you're going to grow in faith and you're going to begin to do everything that God has called you to do. Amen. Let me show you something that's a little bit off topic, but I just want to make a point. Genesis chapter 11. Listen to me. You cannot do all that God has called you to do and live in this present age without a revelation of the love of God. It will not work. You don't have enough. Genesis chapter 11, verse 1 through 9. And it says, And the whole earth was of one language and one accent and one mode of expression. And they journeyed eastward, and they found a plain valley in the land of Shinar, and they settled and dwelt there. And they said one to another, Come, let us make bricks and burn them thoroughly. So they had a brick for stone and slime and bitumen for mortar. And they said, Come, let us build us a city and a tower whose top reaches into the sky and let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be scattered over the whole earth. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the son of men had built. And let me jump ahead a little bit. Well, let's just go to verse 6. It's all right. And the Lord said, Behold, the people is one. And they all have one language, and this they began to do, and now nothing will be restrained from them which they have imagined to do. Go to, let us go down there and confound their language that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from thence upon the face of all the earth, and they left off to build the city. Therefore the name is to be called Babel, because the Lord did there confound the language of all the earth, and from thence did the Lord scatter them abroad upon the face of the earth. Notice, what was the difference that God looked for in the people? God did not separate the people by color. He separated them by language. God made no distinction about race or color. He didn't even do men and women. He said, I'm going to do this by language. It is okay to have different churches in our land, but the only difference should be language. If you don't speak English, you should go to a church that speaks the language that you speak, but you shouldn't go to a church because of color. There should not be all white churches. There should not be all black churches. The only thing that separates us is language. If you really wanted to get particular, there's really only one way to truly divide all of us. Do you know what that is? Blood type. I mean, if you really wanted to segregate and separate, then you'd have to do it by blood type. And how many of us want to start walking around? Are you A positive? Are you B negative? Huh? How? What are you? Because you'll notice that every color on the face of the earth has all of the same blood types in them. So if I have the same blood type as Mike, Mike and I are more connected because my body parts will fit in his body and his and mine because of the blood. 
all racism, all segregation, all these things are based in fear. Every one of them. And what's happening is in the, in the, in the public display of what's going on is we're trying to hold up examples to each other of how the other group or other party has done the same thing. Well, this happened to this person. Well, look what happened to this person. That will never, ever, ever fix the problems in our nation. Blaming each other. It's what got Adam and Eve in trouble, and it's what brought in the spirit of division in Genesis chapter 3. That's when a spirit of division entered into the earth. There was a separation between man and woman. There was a separation. And that spirit of division has been breeding, has been breeding, has been breeding. Amen? It's not just black and white. It's male-female. It's Jew-Arab. It's north-south. It's east-west. It's thin and tall. I mean, it's that spirit of division is in everything. We're always looking for the things that divide us, and we very, very, we just spend little time looking for the things that draw us together. Listen to me. The only way we're going to fix this earth and fix these world's problems is through the love of God. Amen. And I'm not just talking about a coming to church on Sunday morning. I'm not just talking about. I'm talking about practicing the love of God with each other. I'm talking about an actually going out of my way to practice. I want to show you. See, the earth, the world is waiting to see the church act like the church. Love is the glue that holds all things spiritual together. Nothing works with God unless love is the glue that holds it together. Faith won't work. Holiness won't work. Nothing works unless there's this glue called love to hold it together. Now listen to me. The first and biggest byproduct of love is forgiveness. We have to forgive. I do not get to hold on to injustices that have been done to me. I keep no account of a suffered wrong. I don't sit there and write down all the times bad things happen to me. And I'm not saying bad things don't happen. But if I have a real revelation of the love of God, then I will be able to forgive. See, racists, they're just ignorant. They're just ignorant. It's an ignorance. It's a fear. It's something that's been passed down from generation to generation. And it's based in ignorance. It's not an educated thought. If we really knew, I mean, and Dr. King said it so eloquently, I look for a day when a man is judged not by the color of his skin, but of the content of his character. Now, I don't know where you are with all this. I know where I am. Amen. I think all of us have to search our hearts. As to where we are with all this, no one deserves, no one deserves to die over the color of their skin. That's just wrong. In this present age, it's just, it just doesn't make any sense. It, it, it offends my, my, my thinking. Amen. That we're, you know, in the year 2020, that that's still something that we're dealing with today. Love begins in the heart of a believer that spends times with a father and you have to have a revelation that God loves you first. You have to know that God loves you. You've got to have a revelation that God loves you. Listen to me. Everything we do has to be about love. Any leadership that I do, it has to be I have to love first. Amen. Because if I don't have love, then I'm going to walk in unforgiveness. And if I walk in unforgiveness, I'm going to get offended. And when we get offended, it will shut down our ability to be sensitive to the Spirit of God. Listening to me? Amen. I cannot get offended. If I watch the news even for 30 seconds, I try and get offended. Because people are trying to show me their version of what they think is going on in the world today, and I'm offended by that. I hate injustice done to anybody at any time. I hate injustice. But it's through the love of God will I begin to... See, love... Love is willing to look at an an opposing viewpoint and not judge that person according to it. You and I might 
disagree or agree on how certain things are done. But the minute that I judge you according to that, I step out of love. Come on. Politics and all that, there's no love in politics. Amen? We do not live in a blue and a red world. We live in a good and an evil world. Amen? I'm either making steps for righteousness or I'm making steps away from righteousness. Amen? How many of us are reading in the book of Acts right now? How many of you are still up to date? We're still going, right? We're still reading? How many of you remember what Felix was talking to Paul about? What are the three things? If you're up to date, what are the three things that Felix would ask Paul about and we keep bringing him back to talk to him about? Righteousness, self-control, and the coming judgment. Now, this is going back thousands of years ago, but they're the same questions that we're asking today. This is what people want to know. Righteousness, self-control, and the coming judgment. Folks, there is a coming judgment. I got into the book of Revelation again yesterday. You have to. You cannot look at what's going on and not think, okay, the world is ending tomorrow. Jesus is coming back. I'm looking to the clouds. I've packed a bag. I'm not going to work Monday. We are leaving here in a rocket ship heading towards heaven. Amen. I am back looking in the book of Revelation. I am back studying all these things, Matthew 25 and, and Luke and all and Mark and all what there what Jesus talked about. This what will be the end of time? What will be the tribulation? There is a judgment that is in the earth and there is a judgment that is going to come upon the earth. We bring judgment on ourselves when we don't forgive. We bring judgment on ourselves when we judge others. Amen. There's no random judgment that just comes upon people. Every judgment that we deal with is because we did something to step out of the grace of God and allow that judgment into my life. God is not the God of collateral damage. When God judges, you know you've been judged. Go to Sodom and Gomorrah, look for anything. When God judges, he judges 100%. There is no doubt that God did it. Amen? And the way that I escape judgment today as an individual believer is I make a strong case to walk in the love of God. If I walk in the love of God, I'm going to walk free from judgment. Amen? Now, love speaks the truth. So I am not saying that we just go along with everything, but what we have to do, listen to me, voices, we have to speak the truth in love. If I'm just yelling what I believe, if I have not taken time to make an investment into someone's life, but yet I am just always yelling, I'm trying to tell them what's right, this is right. You might be 100% right. But if there's no love in your heart, you are sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. There has to be love in everything. I don't want the world a better place just for me. I want the world a better place for everybody. Amen. And unless I have a strong revelation of the love of God, I can't be offended, folks. I can't be offended. We got to let go. We got to let go. You got to let go. You got to forgive. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Well, we're going to receive communion right now. Uh, Communion at West Houston is open to anyone that's here. Uh, but first and foremost, make sure that you've made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, or it'll be a very foul-tasting cracker with some chunky-style juice in these cups. Hallelujah. I was going to go into, I was going to have the ushers come down and hand out the elements, but guess what? Guess what? Go ahead and start opening your elements now. Yeah, there's two two layers to it, so you can do the do the cracker first, and then do the do the juice. And what I really feel strongly in my heart is that we need to come together at the communion table together, just over love and unforgiveness in our hearts. And we need to purpose in our hearts to forgive. If there's anybody in your heart right now, if there's anybody 
that you have not forgiven or that you're offended with doesn't mean that when you think of them that sometimes a painful thought or a memory doesn't come back. That's not what I'm saying. But you know, you got to do this by faith. You got to forgive by faith. That's the one thing that all the disciples, they only said, Lord, increase my faith one time. And that's when Jesus taught them about forgiveness. Forgive them. How many times do I forgive? Seven times? No, Jesus says 70 times seven. And the disciples said what? Oh gosh, increase our faith. I cannot do that, Jesus. I cannot forgive. Like That's right. But if we have the love of God inside of us, then there's a grace. Then we can. Amen. So I want to encourage us all change to change the world. It starts in this room right now. It starts right here with what we're about to do with this communion table. Thank you, Lord. Well, Father, we thank you for this moment. We thank you for our time together as we receive communion. We plead the blood of Jesus over us. And Father, I just think right now, each one of us, you need to... Let's just get right with God for a second. First, you need to repent for your sins. Anything in your life that you've held on to, anything that you know that is... You know, there's something in your suitcase and you know it doesn't belong there. You need to ask God to forgive you. You need to get that out of your bag. So, Father, I ask, Lord, forgive me of my sins. Forgive me, Lord, where I've missed it. Forgive me, Lord, where I have not preferred others. Forgive me, Lord, where I have not walked in what all the that I should have, the revelation that I should. And I ask you to forgive me of my sins. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Let's take the bread. Everything in the Word of God is displayed in, in a picture for you. Because just like when I teach the children, as I did last week, it's very easy for us to understand something if we can see it. Amen. And so communion is a picture for us. It's a picture of our blood covenant. And it's the covenant that makes us Christians. Christians are those that follow God. Christians are those that imitate God. Christians are called out ones. We are in covenant with God. We are in agreement with Him, and He is covering us. We are so blessed to have this picture. He gave us this picture to say this. He was bringing together all of the feasts that they had originally celebrated and said, in this, I am doing for you a final thing to bring you the peace of God that we talked about in the Passover, to bring you the power of God, to bring you the rest in God, and in between all the different parts of that. In the peace of God, there's your sanctification and your forgiveness and your consecration and your separating out to God. In the power, there's the ability to go out and witness and have power over the enemy to be delivered and healed. And in rest, knowing you have eternal life and that you're, you have an assignment to, bring, to reach others that they would have eternal life as well. So this is a picture of his body and what happened with his body broken for you that you don't have to be broken you can be made fully whole free where the spirit of the lord is when he comes on the inside of you where that spirit comes on the inside of you you become born again but where the spirit of the lord is there's liberty so you become free he wants you whole he wants you free and he wants you to take this to remember and see the picture every time you take it that you are whole and you are free Amen. you are loved and you are forgiven Thank you, Lord. And so we're going to take this in remembrance as a picture, as in obedience to him, of our covenant, a picture of our covenant. Yes. You're in a blood covenant with the almighty maker of heaven and earth, and he loves you. Lord, forgive us. We honor you. Thank you for this picture of your peace, your power, and your rest. And we take it by faith that we are walking whole and free in you, forgiven and loved and we thank you for what you did. Thank you, God. You may take your element. Amen.
Hallelujah. And it says, and he took the cup and he said, this is a new cup. I'm doing a new thing. This is a new covenant. This is my blood that was shed for you. This is really where the church was born because now we actually had forgiveness of sins. You can't have a church without forgiveness of sins. We'd be like one use only and then you would be, you'd have to be thrown away. You'd sin once and you'd be out. So we have this precious blood. This is what's in my heart. Maybe, maybe I didn't quite prepare us to get to where we're ready to do this, but I, I want to do it anyway. If you are dealing with prejudices, if you're dealing with racism, maybe you were raised in a house where it was just normal and natural. If you're dealing with unforgiveness in your heart towards somebody for an offense, but I'm just going to ask you to stand as a sign of your faith. And as we receive this blood, you're going to receive the forgiveness of God. Amen? You're going to do it publicly. Amen? As a sign that I'm a new creature in Christ. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. If you're dealing with fear that's been brought upon by everything you're watching in the news or around you, I'm going to invite you to stand also, just as a sign of your faith, that there's no fear here in the name of Jesus. Amen? So if that's you, I'm standing. I don't want any of this stuff to get root in my heart. I need forgiveness of sins. I'm not a racist person, but I deal with prejudices sometimes. We all do. But what I don't want to do is let those prejudices begin to define who I am. I don't want them to turn. I need to identify them whenever they happen, put them under the blood, and get them out of my way of thinking. Amen? Because a prejudice left unattended will turn into something far worse if you don't deal with it. we got to deal with it. This is how we deal with it. The communion table is where we do business with God. This is where we do it. I know there's a few more. Got to do it, folks. You can't be honest in here. You can't be honest anywhere. Thank you, Lord. I know there's more. Thank you, Lord. All right. Well, Father, is a sign of my faith and a sign of my faith in the blood of Jesus Christ. Lord, I ask you to forgive me for any line of thinking that demeaned somebody, that made me think I was somehow better than someone else. I ask you to forgive me, Lord, for a spirit of division. I ask you to forgive me for fear. And I ask you, Father, to, if there's anyone that I'm holding unforgiveness towards, whether they be alive or dead, I ask you, Father, to give me the grace to forgive them, Lord, over and over and over. I plead the blood of Jesus over me, over my situation, over my relationships. I thank you, Lord, that I'm going to look through people through the eyes of love from this day forward. And that Jesus... I know that unless I forgive, you can't forgive me. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Let's receive. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. You know what you just had? You just had a breakthrough. Didn't feel like it. Didn't sound like it. Didn't smell like it. But guess what? You just had a breakthrough in your life. You just moved closer to the thing that you've been believing for by what you just did in this congregation. You just took the separation out and you just energized your faith because now you're doing it from a pure motive. Come on, man. That's exciting. That is exciting. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord. Well, as we get ready to close, I didn't see it on the announcement sheet, but 
just because we're in such a sweet place, would you stand first before I take the offering? And would you just air high five the people around you since we're not doing howdy and shake? Tell them hello and that they're loved. Just say hello. Wave to some people that you know. Wave to some people you don't know. Say, hi, my name is Beth. Or maybe not that if it's not Beth. God bless you. We're so glad you're all here. I'm just waving to all of you. Okay, you can be seated for, seated for just another moment. I know that we're in the book of Acts. It's so powerful. And I was thinking about what my husband has been preaching, Pastor Jack. And I was also thinking about all the riots that were in Acts <laughs> and all that happened. And I remember when Princess Diana died. Let's just tell you this real quick. I went to the Lord. I was so sad. I just aged myself there because this was a long time ago. And I went to the Lord, and the Lord showed me that it was symbolic in history. And he said, when you see, just like the goddess Diana stuff that was happening back then and how the riots happened because Paul was bringing the way of Jesus Christ to the people. And because he was bringing the way, people would get mad because they couldn't sell their idols. And one of them was this idol of Diana, the goddess. And I remember him telling me, you watch. When Princess Diana isn't the center of attention, you're going to see the great awakening, a great revival, because I'm coming back. And it really inspired me. I didn't like that she'd passed away. And I will tell you that the Lord told me through some circumstances that, that um, she'd gotten born again through some books from Gloria Copeland. So I'm really excited about that. But anyways, I said that to say, um, God is doing a new thing. And even in the midst of this, he's moving. He's still on the throne. He is going to come back. And it's an exciting time to live in, even though sometimes we have to overcome that fear. But I wanted to read a scripture in James, because that's where the law of liberty and the, the law of love is that he sort of mentions a lot in James. And the whole book is fabulous. But um, what I wanted to read was about how God's a giver and take up the offering. And I just thought that was so powerful. It talks about asking for wisdom, but listen to this scripture, verse 5, James 1. If any of you is deficient in wisdom, let him ask of the giving God who gives to everyone liberally and ungrudgingly without reproaching or fault finding, and it will be given to him. Then I think about simple things like God so loved us that he gave. God is so giving. And a few moments ago, I just mentioned in communion, it's a picture when he does something. Do you know he said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So he was a picture to us, and he had to tell us things in pictures sometimes because he was taken off. He was ascending into heaven, and we wouldn't see him all the time. So he spoke the word, and it was written, and it was written so we could see the pictures. So the picture I'm showing you right now is that he is the most awesome, biggest liberal giver. And we are to follow him, imitate him, and be called out where people notice that we give. That we give our time, we give our talents, and we give our treasury. And that comes in the form of obedience of our tithe, which is 10% of what comes into us. We're, we're really not even giving it to God. We're returning it. He loves us. But he wants to bless us, so he said, I'm going to give you everything, the power to get wealth, all sorts of talents, all sorts of wonderful personalities, but I would like you to return a small amount to show your obedience so I can keep blessing you. So as you prepare your tithes and offerings, remember that you are giving to a God who is abundantly liberal as a giver, and he's our example, he's our picture, and he will only bless you when you give. Amen. And so as you prepare, remember that you can write, uh, checks or put money in an envelope. There are envelopes on the pockets of the chairs in front of you or online. You can go online to westhoustonchristian.com and online there is some sequence of things you can do in the three bars at the top of your on your phone or where it says menu. You can go to giving and follow the steps. So here, if you're giving today, you can make your checks out to westhoustonchristian.com. I'm sorry. I was going to say .com. Don't do that. West Houston Christian Center. West Houston Christian Center or WHCC. Or you can put cash, but we'd love for you to write your name down so we can give you credit at the end of the year for any tax returns that you do. Amen. And we are so grateful for your giving. I'm going to pray over it. Father, thank you for an opportunity to copy you in something that only brings back blessing. You are so kind that you would give and then tell us, that if we give, it will be given back to us, pressed down, shaken together, running over out of men's bosoms. Oh, how good you are. So, Lord, as we bring our tithe, which is in obedience to you, and gifts and offerings above that, 
I ask you to honor your own word, which you always honor, even above your name. And I thank you for that promise that you will open the floodgates of heaven when we tithe and give and pour out such blessing we won't even have room enough to receive it. And by faith, I receive that for our people today, for my family here today. Yes. My family isn't just my husband here and my children, but it's all of you. Yes. Lord, this is your family. We love you. We're copying you today, and we're giving to you, and we thank you that you're blessing it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, you're going to be able to give as you are exiting, but I do want to make you aware of a little bit of sad, good, bad news. But uh, Vincent and Jessica Bouchard are moving on, and uh, they are um, heading to Tampa, Florida to continue their education in the things of the Lord and to get some additional training in what they believe that God has called them to do. And uh, it's with a, a, ha- a sad heart, a heavy heart, that we release them. But their last Sunday is going to be the last Sunday of this month. And so I want to give you an opportunity just to love on them and bless them. We're going to receive an offering for them that last Sunday uh, to bless them and to be a blessing. They've been a blessing to this church, haven't they? They've been a blessing to our outreach department, and, and outreach will go on. Trust me, outreach will go on at West Houston Christian Center. But the Bouchards, if you were going to start a church and have a church full of people, that's who you would look for. They, uh, they love God. They follow His ways and His principles. And uh, we couldn't have asked for any better folks to have. And so, um, amen. And we'll give them a chance on that last Sunday to kind of share what their vision is and where God is sending them. And all that, but love on them, amen, uh, um, and be a blessing to them. Let's stand to our feet. Love you. Amen. You are deeply loved. Father, thank you for an amazing day, and we plead the blood of Jesus over us, and over this week, I call every one of us safe. Uh, we thank you, Lord, that no weapon formed against us shall prosper, uh, that, Lord, that we're the head, not the tail, above and not beneath, that we're blessed to be a blessing, Lord, and we go forth in victory and in great joy. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. God bless you. We'll see you online Tuesday night, but we'll see you back at church on Sunday.